Reading verses 28 and 29. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 8 chapter, verses 28 and 29. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We began a series last week called When Life is Hard. We're going to continue that today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we know that all things, everybody say all things, work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to His purpose. Whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. We're going to read that again. I want you to get a hold of this verse just as soon as they get it on the screen up there so we can go with it. Hallelujah. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are decalled according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's pray. Fathers, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the power of God and your anointing that we have felt in the house today. You've already ministered to people today. Now I know, God, that you want to speak to us from your word. Anoint me, your servant. Help me, God, to deliver the word as you want it to be delivered today. And open the hearts and the ears of the people to hear what thus saith the Word of God says. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Last week, I introduced you to the topic, When Life is Hard. The first part of the message, we attempted to understand trials and define the meaning of hardship. Now, there's been several confirmations in the service today that this this thing is flowing the way God wants it to flow by the songs that has been sung, songs about trials on every hand, sometimes we don't understand, songs about when we're broken. Hallelujah. We talked last week about understanding trials and tried to define the meaning of hardship. Now today, as we progress along, I'm going to take it one step further by exploring God's purpose in our pain. God's purpose in our pain. Now, I know there have been some people going through some stuff. And I know God is, you're not here today just by happenstance. Everybody. God wants to speak to his people. 
And we need, as, as the Bible says, let's, we, need, we need to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about God's purpose in our pain. Now, when you think about that offhand, God's purpose in my pain, sometimes we might think, does God take pleasure in our struggles and our pain? Absolutely not. God does not take pleasure in you going through hardship. God don't take pleasure when you are suffering heartbreak and pain. He don't take pleasure in that. But he does have a purpose in what he allows in our lives on this journey from earth to glory. Did you hear what I said? Hallelujah. He does, amen, have a purpose in what he allows in our lives on this journey from earth to glory. Although it's hard to believe when, when your back is against the wall and you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place and you're fighting with all your worth just to survive, it's hard sometimes to believe. But God always has your welfare in mind. He always has your welfare in mind. And all things will work together for the good for those who love the Lord to our the called according to his purpose. Can you give Jesus a hand up? You see, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Now I know there's a lot of folks today thinking they got everything planned out and everything in life is their design. But I believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl that's alive and living, hallelujah, God has got a destiny for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. And the wrong reason why some people are having such misery is they're not lining up to what God wants for their life. They're trying to go this way and God says, I want you that way. You never will have true happiness and complete fulfillment until you line up to what God birthed you for. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something today. There's something far greater than yourself. Hallelujah. There's something greater than my wants. There's something greater than my desires. There's something greater, amen, than what Sammy Pruitt might want to do. Hallelujah. And I learned a long time ago that if I'm going to have any peace, if I'm going to have any comfort, hallelujah, I've got to line up to the destiny God has called and ordained me for. Hallelujah. So no one understands, church, God has got a purpose in your pain. I want to read something before I get really started in the message. And I believe this, when I found this, it was familiar to me. And I believe maybe Sister Darlene had it in a bulletin in time past. But during the Civil War, uh, 
after one of the battles, there was those who went out on the battlefield and they was cleaning up the battlefield and taking the dead bodies. And when they came to the body of a dead Confederate soldier going through uh, his, uh, what he had, they found a note that this soldier had written and had it on his person. Listen to this close. It's called the prayer of a soldier. I asked God for strength that I might achieve, but God made me weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked God for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. He closed his prayer by saying this, I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't understand, but you might think it, it would be better for you today that you may laugh out loud. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he says, now today, there needs to be some tears in your eye. Come on, somebody. Because God purposes things within our life so we might be able, amen, to line up to the, to the destiny and to the purpose, amen, that he has birthed you for and that he's called you for. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said that we read in, the, in our opening text, he said we know that all things, amen, work together for the good. He didn't say everything that's going to happen to you in your life is going to be good. Getting sick is not good. Having infirmity is not good. Getting laid off a job is not good. Having a washing machine break down when you got a house full of kids is not good. Amen. But God says he allows all things to work together for the good, for the end. See, a lot of times, wait man, we can't see further than the end of the tip of our nose. God says sometimes we need to step back and view the whole picture. Hallelujah. Because God has got you ordained for greatness. He's got you ordained for glory. He's got you ordained for power. Hallelujah. And you, He can't accomplish that as long as you're still following the flesh. Mm, hallelujah. Glory to God. God's purpose in our pain. I want to, I want to begin, amen, with a point, and I want to talk about development of a destiny. Development of a destiny. Church, 
seed. It goes through a period, a process of development. So the day, when that day comes and that process is complete, a child complete and whole, amen, can be born into this world. Now, we all like the promise. Amen. We like the promise of God. But sometimes we don't like the process of getting to the promise. Hello. Glory to God. Oh, we get happy and we shout and we give God praise. Amen. Because we got a promise. That preacher man said, God has promised me this and promised me that. And he does not go back on his word. But we got to be willing to go through the process to get the promise. That might be why you've never achieved what you've always felt like God wanted you to achieve. You've been bucking against the process. Uh, hallelujah. We're going to go to Genesis now. There's no better example in the Bible about what I'm talking about than the story of Joseph. And in Genesis 37, verses 23 through 28, we're going to read that. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, his tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his uh, blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, uh, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And the brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit uh, and sold him to the Ishmaelites uh, for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Now here is a story of a man, I mean a young man, amen, he was a man brought up under his father, amen, who loved his family, loved his father, he loved the God of Israel, amen, he, he didn't deserve nothing to come upon him, amen, he, he did his best, he, was, he had integrity in his life, he didn't deserve, amen, nothing that happened to him, glory to God, but there was a vision birthed in that young man, there was a destiny set by God, hallelujah, glory to God, that the only way that he could get to his destiny was to go to Egypt. Some of us has been struggling in Egypt for a long time. But we have to learn to be patient with God. Amen. Because when the time comes, he's going to feel, fulfill his good pleasure in your life. Hallelujah. And God's going to multiply you. Amen. And you're going to have much more when you come out than when you went in. Hallelujah. All glory to God. How many knows that there was, on, there was only 70 souls of the family of Israel when they went 
down into Egypt. Amen. But amen. when they come out being led by Moses, many years later, they was close to two million. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even in the trials. Amen. When the Egyptians made them slaves and they had to toil hard labor. Amen. In bricks. Glory to God. They couldn't stamp them out. They couldn't kill them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh. I want to tell somebody, God wants somebody to know right now, glory to God, you kill, you can't kill nothing that don't want to die. Hallelujah. It don't no matter. Amen. How hard the devil comes against you. Amen. God will bring you out. So here's this young man. By his own brothers that were jealous of him. Tuck him, throwed him down into a pit. Then sold him off into slavery. He didn't deserve it. But it happened. And he could have wallowed in that pit, crying, God, why me? He could have spent all of his way to Egypt while he had chains saying, God, what is going on? Why me? But let's follow along now the development of a destiny. Joseph was a dreamer. God gave him dreams. Hallelujah. But he could not fulfill those dreams where he was at. He had to go somewhere. God is telling people here in this congregation today, I want to lead you somewhere. Hallelujah. I want to take you somewhere. I mean, a place you've never been before. And you ain't going to be able to imagine the glory and the splendor of where I'm going to lead you if you would just follow me wholeheartedly. Genesis 29 and 20. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Now, notice. man by the name of Potiphar. He didn't have no grudges, no ill will. He, he, he did what he's supposed to do. Amen. And God put him in favor. Amen. But you know what? Amen. Just as soon as everything began to kind of smooth out and start going smooth, then the bottom falls out again. Because here comes Potiphar's wife. Amen. The Bible says that Joseph was a handsome looking young man. Amen. He, um, I mean, he, he had all the good features. Amen. Hallelujah. He, 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 would, he would have been a model probably back, amen, in the day. Hallelujah. And, and Potiphar's wife, amen, laid eyes upon Joseph and she tried to coerce him, amen, amen, into a relationship that was not right, amen, that was unholy, amen. But Joseph, amen, had some integrity. He had some conviction. He told the woman, how can I do this sin against my God? Oh, people need to realize when you do wrong, amen, you ain't sinning against nobody but God. But he stood up for the right, but she got mad and lied on him, and he wound up in prison. He went from the pit to a prison, and now he was in chains. 
seem like just as soon as things begin to smooth out, amen, it gets going good and the bottom falls out again. And sometimes we, we wonder and we question, God, I don't understand this. Amen. Why, why is this? So here, now Joseph was in the prison. But then, now we're going to find a verse that's going to change things all the way around for Joseph. Genesis 41 and 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothes, and came out to Pharaoh. for the good to them who love the Lord to those who are the called you know who, who the called is it's the church hallelujah that's what that's what the word church For we know that all things work together for them who love the Lord to those who are the church. Hmm. And I was, che- I was checking that out real 
to those that have been appointed, to those that have been chosen, to those that are, oh, hallelujah. Genesis 45, verses 4 through 5. And Joseph said to his brothers, Now, Joseph has finally become a prince in Egypt. Nobody had more power than him other than Pharaoh. And one day, he looked up, and there was those brothers in him, those low-down, dirty scoundrels had sold him out. And you know what? put on the mask. We shout and sing, oh, I love the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The first chance we get, we're going off this way now. Here comes his brothers walking in. Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. Man, can't you imagine how scared they got at the time? He could have had, he could have had every one of them executed. He could have hung them out in the sun to dry. He said, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life.
I got, I got, I got to move on because I got to close. I, I want to get one more point in. And I, I want to talk briefly about shaping Christ in you. I touched on this last week. Shaping Christ in you. Going back to Romans 8 and 28 and 29. Put it back on the screen. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Now, leave that up there. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love. Next verse, verse 29, that's the same one. For him, he, for whom he foreknew. <laughs> Everybody look at this preacher. Hallelujah. Before you was born in your mother's womb, God knew you. Before you was given an earthly name, God knew you by name. God spoke and told the old prophet, Old Testament prophet by the name of Jeremiah, he said, before you was formed in the womb, I knew you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My, 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 my. So, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Remember about the destiny. Before you was born, God had a purpose for your life. There was a purpose He wanted for you. You didn't, you didn't just come here just to, just to get here. God had a reason for you being here. He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. I have been predestined to be conformed to Jesus Christ. I have got to have Christ shaped in me. What does Sam Baker use for so far?
that is God's purpose in our pain. The pain is not to destroy you. The pain is not to knock you out. But the pain is to create you in His image and fulfill the destiny He wants for you in your life.